Welcome to the Raymond Tamaklo podcast. You are about to listen to a message as preached by the senior pastor and founder of Love Springs International Church, Nairobi, Kenya. Reverend Raymond Tamaklo is a missionary to the nation of Kenya. He is an author and a church planter. Reverend Raymond Tamaklo has a passion of raising pastors and shepherds who delight in the work of God. He has dedicated fairly all his life to the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ, doing exactly this. He believes in ensuring that the Word of God is preached to all because each and every soul is precious and important to God. This podcast will reignite your love for God and His work and will work out times of refreshing in your life. Now, get ready to be blessed as you listen to the soul-saving Word of God expertly handled by Reverend Raymond Tamaklo of the Love Springs International Church Headquarters, Nairobi. Be transformed as you listen. According to Colossians chapter 3, the verse 15, genuine Christians are called to peace and to be thankful. When you are thankful, you begin not to struggle for blessings because a grateful person is a blessed person. For more of this powerful message, join Apostle Raymond Tamaklo for the teachings on how can I say thank you, now the message. This year, our Passover convention um, starts on the 5th of April to the 9th of April. The 5th is a Wednesday. And uh, we have only evening sessions starting at 4 p.m. So from the 5th, the 6th, the 7th, the 8th, and the 9th is a Passover convention. And the theme for the convention is Bima. Bima. So if you want to learn about Bima, uh, make it to the convention on the 5th, from the 5th to the 9th of April. Amen. All right. I'm starting a new series today. Um, The name of the series is How Can I Say Thanks? How Can I Say Thanks? Amen. And by the way, that song sung by the choir is banned from this church. Don't sing it. The one they just sang. Yes. It was written by a group of children for their spiritual father that they love and like. Do you understand? They love and like. And want to serve God with him forever. Don't mind Tobias. He doesn't know anything. (laughs) Since when is God daddy? God is God. Do you understand? This song was written for a father of a church. By the children that loved him. Like him. And want to serve God with him. That's why part of the. Put the, the. Lyrics there, he said, um, God should lock us together. How can God lock himself with you together forever? 
Do you understand? And because they can't say they like me, that's why Tobias has to tell you we want to serve God together forever. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> they can't say they like me because if they say it, they know it's a lie. Do you understand? So Tobias has to put a translation on the song. Yes. Eh? I'm a force God to be the daddy. Eh? Let Jesus lock us in together forever. Come on now. That song, let's not sing. Let's postpone the singing of this song until such a time when you sing it, we know it is true. Do you want to see something that we, you and I know is not true? Yeah. <laughs> we know it's not true. Even if some of you like me, you don't want to serve God with me forever. I can break down the song in so many ways. You understand? I'm already teaching with a song. So Tafadali, let's put this song on the, on the banner. On hold. Yes. Because you and I know, see, Quayle, it's not true. You can sing it, but the situation on the ground. (laughs) Ah, look. We don't know whether to say we like you. We don't know whether to say we love you. But we want to tell the truth. And they cannot tell the truth. (laughs) Something that's really from our heart. Yeah, we enjoy your company. Few people seated here enjoy my company. There are some people when they see me coming, they see a lion. They want to disappear. Yeah, the heavy one, is he the one going to preach today? He's, going to, he's not one of the LPs. He's the one. He's the one. Yeah. We enjoy your company. We like your presence, daddy. And Tobias is saying it is God. <laughs> and Tobias has seen God in that line. <laughs> daddy God. We want to serve together with God forever. How can God serve himself together with you forever? (laughs) Jesus has locked us in with God for... Jesus has locked God. (laughs) So this song is banned for a while. One day we will know it's true. Till then. Amen. Amen. Yeah, till then. <laughs> How can I say thanks? Today's topic is be ye thankful. It's going to be hot. Be ye thankful. It's going to be hot, super hot. I can promise you that. Hmm. Colossians 3 verse 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. 
to the which also ye are called in one body and be ye thankful and be ye thankful Paul wrote to the church of the Colossians and he says let the peace of God rule in your hearts amen you will know a person of peace you will know a person who is full of peace by the peace in which they walk there are some of us we don't like peace we like problems I said there are some of us, we don't like peace. Even when we say we like peace, there is war in our hearts. So as a Christian and somebody who is truly saved, Paul says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. Which means that your life is controlled by the peace of God which is ruling in your life. Are you following me? Then he says, to the which also ye are called. So the Christian is called to peace. Do you understand? I'm going to say it again. The genuine Christian is called to peace. I shudder to think that you are saying you are a Christian. In one small group of choristers, there are five of you. You have fought with four. You are left with the last one to fight with. I said there's a choir, choir of five people. Do you understand? And you are a member of the choir. You have successfully fought with four. The last person standing is the leader of the choir. And even that when you see her, you are, you are weighing her to see when you start the fight. To the which also ye are called. To the what? The peace of God. You are called to the peace of God. Are you listening to me? So we can't really tell if you are a believer the rate at which you don't talk to some people in the church. You can greet one, two, three, then you jump. Then this person says, I am a Christian. I'm born again. You are not a Christian. You are not born again because a saved person is called to the peace of God. Are you listening to me? Yes. There are 20 dancing stars. You have formed a team. Arsenal and United. 
you are in harmony with arsenal members and you hate the united manchester united members do you understand so when we come to the dancing stars there are people you talk to and then there are people you don't talk to oh yes you are not called to the peace of God. Let me say this. The peace of God is not ruling in your heart. It's not. It's the reason why you are a kikuyu who doesn't like laws. Or that you are a law who don't like kikuyus. And you are a lawyer who doesn't like canvas. You don't have the peace of God ruling in your heart. You know, I get surprised. You know, it doesn't surprise me when unsaved people practice ethnicity, tribalism, and all that that comes with not being saved. I get shocked. That a person who says, I am saved, and I'm a Christian, and I'm born again, has issues with somebody's tribe. Has issues with somebody's nationality. There's a pastor I respect, and my respect for him died the other day when I heard him introduce something Already the body of Christ in this country has a lot of problem. Then I'm hearing a pastor talking about, uh, is it national, no, spiritual national patriotism. Do, do you understand? And he was speaking because of the revival in Ashbury. So he's saying that, oh, you know, even in Kenya, we have such gatherings, learn to appreciate what God is doing and appreciate the men of God from this country. And he introduced for the first time in my entire almost 30 years of preaching, I'm hearing somebody trying to limit the move of God by nationalizing it. If you nationalize God, Ugandans cannot have God. Are you listening to me? And when Jesus said we should go and preach, he didn't say go and preach to your tribe. He says go ye into the world. The world is the fields of God. The world, the entire world. That is why a missionary will come to Kenya and he will suffer and not bear fruit because the mind of the people is only appreciate a man who is called uh, Webukati. Reverend Webukati. Reverend Nganga. If he's Reverend Nganga, go to his church. If he's Reverend um, Reverend um, Otieno, Go to his church. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I saw for the, I had a high respect for this man of God. But now, if you want to practice 
I don't know if it's national spiritual patriotism. Oh, yes. The gospel will not have reached Africa if the ones who received the gospel were practicing national spiritual patriotism. Amen? I listen to me. Yes. That's why almost all churches are on tribal groupings. If my name was Reverend Mwangi right now, do you understand? You will see that 99% of my church are aterere. Oh yeah? If you like, let me change my name. Give me a Kamba name. Reverend Reverend no, no, no. Reverend Misioka. I like that one, Misioka. Yes. I like Misioka. <laughs> let me change my name to Reverend Misioka. And then let me go and start a branch in Machakos. It will be filled up with all the cumbers. You see, so we have moved now from tribal spiritual patriotism. And now we are into national spiritual patriotism. And if you are such a pastor, one day you want to set up a church in America. Who should receive you there? You also have hope that one day you set up a church in DRC. You set up a church in Rwanda. Who should receive you there? So you see, very soon it is Christians that will erect barriers against missions and it has started with this nonsense. You know, someone who is not open-minded will say, yeah, national spiritual patriotism. It sounds good to you, but it is inimical to the spread and the advancement of the kingdom of God. I want to send a shepherd from here to Ghana who is not a Ghanaian. Anyway, we don't have them anymore. My bad. <laughs> yeah, I want to send a missionary. Do you understand? From here to go and live in Ghana. What are you doing here? I came to preach. Then Ghanaians will also start. Let us do national spiritual patriotism. Anybody that is called Wanjala, we don't know him. <laughs> What is Wanjala? What is Wanjala? Imagine your pastor is called Wanjala. Let's not go to a church where the pastor is called Wanjala. Do you understand? What do you think will happen to such a missionary? He will be miserable. And yet, he went there with one purpose. That if at all, he might win some to Christ. Are you listening to me? So... Let's have the peace of God genuinely ruling in our hearts. Yes, it will inform how we relate to one another. Some of you, your day is good until 
when you came up the stairs, the first person to meet you, you don't like her. Your Sunday started well. Oh yeah, I'm going to church. And then when you climbed the stairs, you got there at the door. It's your worst enemy. I can show you in the Bible that what you are doing is no different from what Haman did. Haman was very happy. But the moment Haman sees Mordecai, who is Mordecai? Mordecai was a child of God. And once he saw Haman, or once Haman saw Mordecai, he was no longer happy. You see, some of you, you have Haman's spirit. Oh yes, you have the spirit of Haman. You are prayed by the spirit of Haman. Look at it. Then went Haman forth. Give it to me in the NLT. I miss the NLT. Haman was a happy man as he left the banquet. Mandela was a happy man as he left my office. Do you understand? But when he saw Mordecai sitting at the palace gate, that is now the reception, not standing up or trembling nervously before him, Haman became furious. Some people are happy until they see somebody they don't like. Oh, yes. Then the mood changes. Then instantly, you cannot tell me that at that moment, the peace of God just flows in your heart. And then you feel the Holy Ghost. And then you feel the warmth of the love of God. It is not true. Right there in that moment, all kinds of things things that are very demonic begins to flood your heart. So you don't have the peace of God ruling your heart. And you are called to that peace. Are you listening to me? Or you've gone home? Then he says, and be ye thankful. You are called to be thankful. Are you listening to me? You are called to be thankful. When you read, go with me to 2 Timothy 3, the verse 1 to the verse 5. There is a list of 18 moral blemishes that we will see in the end time. In fact, as we read this, you see that all these things are happening on a large scale. Right? These are 18 moral blemishes for the last days. And one of them is unthankfulness. Let me show you. 2 Timothy 3, the verse 1 to the verse 5. This know also that in the last days... Perilous times shall come. Amen? For men shall be lovers of their own selves. I've written a book on this verse. Yes. 
In that book, I tackled lovers of their own selves. It's a chapter. Yes. Covetousness is a chapter. Boasters is a chapter. Uh-huh. Proud. I think the big, the longest chapter is the one on pride. Oh, yes. I've written a book on this chapter. <laughs> the mega chapter in that book is pride. Mercy. Yeah. So, all these things we will see in the last days. You will see men who are lovers of not girls. If you are a girl, do you understand? And you like a boy, it's fine. Or if you are a boy and you like or you love a girl, because you can't go and love monkey. But then God is saying that to love your own self is a problem. I'm going to say it again. Yeah. I think that in all wisdom, eh, you can do the work of God with a boy who likes girls. I think you can. In fact, if you need him to bring the girls that he likes, you'll bring them. I think you can. I think you can do the ministry with a girl that likes boys. Because when I go and preach to the boys, they said, ah, this man, he's worrying us. But if the girl goes to the boys, they'll say, you want us to come to church? Will you give me your number after church? He said, yes. you see the boys will come to church. So I think you can do the work of the ministry with a girl that likes boys. And some of you girls here, you like boys. Yes, you like boys. Yes. You know, growing up, I rarely saw my mother with other girls. You know, the other day I was just thinking, my mother lied to me. You know, after my father was no more there, you rarely saw her, like, she's in the house, then a, a, a lady comes to the house, and then they sit down and talk. I know see him before. But my mother always used to say, you know, women are gossips. You know, that's why I don't have women friends. I only have male friends. Now, the other day it occurred to me that my mother liked boys. So I've concluded that all women who keep saying, you know, I only keep male friends because me, Maneno, they like boys. That's why I started with my mother. So you don't get offended. You are hiding under the disguise. And you don't want to show that you like boys. But the truth is that you like boys. Some sisters in the church, you will never see them in the company of other girls. You know the song we sing? Wherever demons shall gather, Holy Ghost, you your own is wherever boys shall gather, you will see me in their midst. That's your song. 
So you too, you have started saying, you know, I mean, I don't like, you know, women are too troublesome. That's why all my friends are boys. Women have issues. They have plenty issues. I just discovered the other day my mother was lying to me. Yes, she liked boys. Yes. You should see my mother when she's going for a party. She will cook and break, you know, the ice chest. She will buy the drinks the night before. Break ice over them to chill them. Who are the ones going to eat the food? The boys. Yes. They are the ones going to drink the chilled beer. So it flashed back and I realized my mother liked boys. Yes, I can say it. She's not here. Yeah, I can say it. She liked boys. And some of you, you like boys. That's fine. At least we can still use you for something. <laughs> Pastor, what are you saying? Well, you see, the woman at the well liked boys. John chapter 4. The woman at the well, she liked boys. So Jesus, knowing that she liked boys, asked the woman, where is your husband? Then the woman said, Charlie, let's be honest. I don't have one. (laughs) Let's tell the truth. I, I don't have one. Then Jesus said, you have spoken the truth. Because even the one you are with is not your husband. So you see that she liked boys. Jesus would have said, oh, where are your girlfriends? He said, oh, those ones, they are, they, are, they are somewhere. They are in a farm. He said, where is your husband? Because Jesus could tell that this woman, eh, she liked boys. So look at what Jesus said. For thou hast had five husbands. Anybody that in one single life, you have had five Five husbands. Charlie, you like boys. Charlie, you like boys. Five husbands. And he whom thou hast now has. So Jesus is talking about current husband. Is not thy husband. That's number six. In that thou sayest thou truly. In this, eh, you have spoken the truth. You, you see, you are a liar. That's why you can't admit that you like boys. You are a liar. That's why you can't admit that you like girls. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. But this woman, she spoke the truth. Verse 19. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive thou art a prophet. I think the woman was admiring Jesus. I perceive that the woman was admiring Jesus. Because the one she was with is not the husband. Do you understand? And then at the well, he's now seen a fresh man. She was like, man... And then Jesus went into the prophetic. Then the woman says, Sir, I've had five husbands. None of them have spoken like this. The ones that, number one, he liked my bum bum. Number two, husband, liked my breast. 
Number three liked my skin color. Number four liked my height. Are you listening to me? But you, you are talking things that are beyond. Say, I perceive thou art a prophet. Verse 20, look at it. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. So on top of liking boys, she was also somehow spiritual. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. Where do you think she got all the husbands from? The mountain. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? That's why it's dangerous for you to be in church. And when it's time for you to marry, you go to the club. Uh Uh-huh. It's dangerous for you to be in church. Then when it's time for you to marry, you say, I like bad boys. I like bad boys. I, 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 I like a man that will carry me and hit me against the wall. You, you have concussions. You, you watch a movie and the man the wife and then they hit the wall and they don't mind. Let them hit your head against the wall. Some of you will now see why you are not correct. As Omar, they are be hitting your head against the wall. It makes sense now. We now see why some of you are not correct. Imagine that your 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 qualities in a man that you're looking for when you're going to marry is one that can carry you and hit you smack you on the wall so when a very slim brother comes you are realizing that one of your fantasies is already Do you understand what I'm saying? When something as slim as as Cliff comes, you see, hmm, this one cannot carry me. What do you want? A good husband or a husband carrier? I don't know which one. Which one are you looking for? are you looking for? Are you looking for a wrestler? I think you're looking for a wrestler. You're not looking for a husband. You're looking for a wrestler. So on the basis of your fantasies, you see, let me tell you something. Many of you, let me teach you now so that you don't get overly despondent when you marry. A lot of your fantasies will remain fantasies. Write it. A lot of my fantasies. Write it. A lot of your fantasies, of my fantasies, will remain fantasies. You know, I want a man, when we wake up in the morning, he's going to kiss me good morning. Your mouth is smelling. When you wake up, your mouth is smelling. Who wants to kiss something that is smelly? Write it. A lot of my fantasies will remain fantasies. 
Hey, the damage Hollywood has done, eh? You know, I want a husband who carry me from the stairs and take me up the stairs one by one. <laughs> Don't worry. A lot of your fantasies will remain fantasies. You see that for 30 years, nobody has carried you up the stairs. You know, I I need a man that will carry me. You know, we start making love from the bottom of the stairs. And he carries me all the way. Your fantasies will remain fantasies. If you don't have fantasies, you'll be very happy in marriage. Yes, but if you grow, some of you have grown useless fantasies. You won't be happy because the reality of marriage comes nowhere close to those fantasies in your head. I want a man who will feed me ice cream in bed. Yogurt. You want to bring yogurt to my bed? You feed me yogurt in my bed, uh, uh, ice cream in my bed. For who to go and lie on a mattress that has been soiled with yogurt? Smelling like yogurt. I said your fantasies eh, will remain fantasies. I want a happy woman. By the way, that is one thing you will rarely find. I don't think there is a, a, a happy woman. Yes. I don't think there is a happy woman. Yes. So if you are looking for a very happy, forget these sisters who are smiling, oh. They are smiling because they are not married. Look at the married sisters. You know whether they are happy or not. (laughs) Forget all these smiling single sisters. You see, they have to use the smiles to get the husband. Yes. Yes. They are, they, are, they are right now on a mission, positioning themselves with smiles. But after they marry, the smile disappears. You see that they are moody. Moody. All throughout the day. Moody. So you see that your fantasies will remain fantasies. Yes. So, the Bible says that this woman, our fathers worshipped in the mountain. She was spiritual. She liked boys, but she was spiritual. Do you understand? 
And he said that in Jerusalem is a place where men ought to worship. Jesus said unto a woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. So now, from liking Jesus, they are talking spiritual things. Watch this. Watch this. When Jesus was finished with the woman, towards the last part of this chapter, she went into the village and she called all the people. Look at it. The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the men, Where are the women? Which means that the men in that city, they like talking to her. Do you understand? I've just finished preaching to her. She's gone into the city and she had a group of men. And she said to the men, look at it. If you are here, you are not praying. Come see a man. If you are here, you're only talking about my bomb bomb. Come see a man. Which told me all things that ever I did is not this the Christ. None of you is the Christ. Come and see a man. Come and see a man. So you see, she liked boys and she brought the boys to Jesus. You are the only one I have seen who liked boys who has not brought one boy to Jesus. Oh. Verse 30. They went out of the city, the men, and came unto him. 31. In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. This, therefore said the disciples one to another, Had any man brought him aught to eat? Jesus said unto them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Say not ye, there are yet four months and then come at harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields for they are white already to harvest. And he that repeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto eternal life. You see, the issue of winning souls, the issue of gathering souls, unknown to many of us, is something beyond this life. You will get wages. If you are a soul winner, that is God will reward you. But you see, more than that, you are gathering fruit unto life eternal. The same activity that people have scorned is the activity that gathers fruit unto life eternal. You must really hate yourself to scorn such an important assignment where I am here and I'm gathering fruit unto eternal life. So there is the reaper receiving wages. 
And then gathering fruit unto life eternal. Some of us, if we die today, God forbid, if we die today, we have gathered no fruit unto eternal life. This is where the church is silent. If you are called home today, you would have gathered. Listen, I came to Kenya. I've gathered fruit. Yeah, I know what you are saying. They are my former center members. Oh, you really think so? Okay, before you met me, you were a ganja smoker. A day like this, you are struggling to wake up around this time. And even when you woke up, your eyes were red. Um, Pastor, after I've done the center, you're saying these are your fruit. I'm going to shock you. Wait. So, this activity of soul winning, watch this. It comes with wages. That is prosperity. Two. Then you gather fruit unto life eternal. Watch what Jesus said. That both he that soweth. So, I am the sower. And he that repeth may rejoice together. Do you understand? Do you get it? Do you get it now? Do you get it now? So those of you that, they are mine. And now that apostle is claiming all those souls, they are mine. They are mine. I'm the sower. Apostle, what did you sow? I sowed the word of God. I'm the one who sowed shepherding into your life. So that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. So the few minutes that Jesus was waiting for these ladies' boys to come, he was teaching the disciples. Yes, he was doing shepherdic training. 37, let's go. And herein is that saying true. One soweth and another repeth. I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestowed no labor. Other men labored and ye are entered into their labors. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman. Can you see that? That they believed on him for what? Because of the sayings of the woman, some of you, nobody can follow you to your church. You don't say positive things about your church. Some of us, nobody can follow us to Jesus because everything we have to say about following Jesus is negative. The many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him, not because Jesus preached but because of the saying of the woman which testified that he told me all that ever I did. So the first step is they believed in what the woman said. Later, they told the woman what they now have believed. It's not because of what you've said. We have seen it with ourselves, our eyes. Yes, let's go. Are you blessed? 
So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them. Jesus, stay here with us. You are the one who likes getting rid of pastors. And the reason you like getting rid of pastors is because you are not saved. Jesus, stay here with us. You see, the word used is the word tarry. Which means that tarry is like beyond waiting. If Jesus was to spend five hours, they were asking Jesus to spend ten hours. Tarry. Stay here. In fact, stay here. They sought him that he would tarry with them and he abode there. Look at it. Two days. Two days. We are coming to have a convention. You will not even come for two days. As we are in convention, you will say you are in the village. But when they met Jesus, they wanted Jesus to tarry with them. You see, when you are truly saved, your greatest joy is to spend time in the company of Jesus. Some of you spend more time with your boys than you spent with Jesus. That's the truth. And some of you, we, you, let's tell ourselves the truth. I think it's your boyfriend that died and saved you. Oh, yeah? Yeah? I think some of you, is your girlfriend who died and saved you. Yes. Next time you are going to pray, pray that in the name of Chris. Yes. Next time you are going to pray. He died and saved you. Oh, yes. Next time you are going to pray, don't, don't stop worrying Jesus. Because you don't spend time with him. Say in the name of Titus, I come before you, Lord. Because the one you love, you spend more time with him. So they love Jesus. They love the teachings of Jesus. And he says, stay here. Tarry with us. And Jesus stayed two days. He stayed two days. Look at the effect of the two days. And many more believed because of his own word. So when Jesus was now there staying with them, now many were believing because of his teachings. Verse 42. And said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy saying. So it started with what she said. Then we have moved now to not because of what you said. For we have heard him ourselves. And know that this is indeed the Christ, the savior of the world. So I'm saying that if you like boys, Jesus can use you. Do you understand? I was making, establishing a point. If you like girls... I think Jesus can still use you. Do you understand? But I doubt he can use you when you love yourself. You cannot. He cannot. 
you will be a magician, God will be a magician to use somebody who loves himself. So much that he had to write it that in the end time, you see that men shall be lovers of their own selves. Oh yes. All people in the church that do nothing for Jesus have already graduated into the realm of loving themselves because you are living for yourself, you are working for yourself, you are doing everything for yourself. There's nothing you can point at as something you're doing for Jesus. Nothing. It's hot. I think now is when people switch off. Oh. Men shall be lovers of their own self. 24 hours. They have not preached to one soul. They have taken 20 pictures of themselves. He said, let me tell you before so you don't think that I'm saying this because of you. In that book, I wish I had my, I, I should get a copy on there. I would have read to you, when it came to lovers of their own self, one of the things I address is selfies. The world is not stupid. Lovers of their own selves. Selfie. 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 Uh And in that book, I wrote incidences where people died because of selfie. Like, I read a story which I captured in that chapter of a lady. Is it a lady or a young man? BBC reported. He went up to one of the tallest buildings, standing on something very tiny to take a panoramic picture because that's the drive. You know, the picture has to get dangerous every time. Either it's on top of the mountain or you go to KICC and then the last part, you know, the, the whatever, you stand there, take the photo. Then, you see, that's the drive. And many have that. One young lady stood at the edge of the cliff and told the, the I don't know whether the husband of the boyfriend to take the picture yes and the guy just turned I think something distracted so he turned when he turned the woman was gone where was she she has fallen down the cliff lovers of their own selves yes anything some of you now I don't know what is even when you are eating food you're taking photo. You see, the only thing you are left to do now is to take photo in the toilet. No, 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 no. I'm talking of where you are now. I think that's the last stage that we know that, Charlie, we have gone everywhere. Yes. You go live. Sights and sounds. Sights and sounds. <laughs> yeah, in that chapter, I captured, you know, the, and this is the generation we are living in. A generation of self 
lovers. If you make a mistake and you marry somebody who loves themselves more than they love you, you are in danger. I'm going to say it again. I, I know you, you just pretended you didn't understand what I said. But I'm going to say it. I said if you make a mistake and you marry somebody who loves themselves more than they love you, let me tell you what will happen. You will receive no affection. You will receive no love. You will receive no warmth. Why? Because all that you require is reserved for this person. That's why you are in a relationship right now. Anyway, some of you, you are so much in love that you can't see the red flags. When you see red flags, you are seeing it as ah, yellow flag. You are in a relationship with somebody and you needed 100 bob. He has 150. He's telling you that I only have 150. That's the person you're going to marry. I need 100. You have 150. Why are you even talking? Leap 100. So he can't even share the little he has with you. And in your mind, you think when he has millions now, he'll be writing checks. What is love? Sacrifice. The reason you and I love Jesus is because of the sacrifice he made for us. He loved us and he sacrificed himself. So when somebody loves somebody, you tell by the sacrifice they are willing to make. His love is not a feeling. When I see him, I, I just feel butterflies. You have ulcers, not butterflies. Love is not a feeling. Stop reducing love to feeling. When you say, you know, I, 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 I love him. How do you, how do you, oh, when I see him, my heart is just doing boom, boom, boom. That is sexual attraction. It is different from love. You can be sexually attracted to somebody you don't love. And you can be sexually attracted to somebody you love. That's why your record of, um, 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 what do they call it? No, I, I'm looking for one night stand is 100. Did you love him? No. Yeah, it was attraction. You felt boom, boom. Next thing, your panty was on the ground. Next thing, he has disappeared. That's it. I'm teaching. Yes. But love is more than sexual attraction. Yes. It's not words. 
I bet you if you ask me to define love, I'll tell you love is deeds. Yes. That's why ladies who are always looking for words, they end up marrying the wrong people. You're looking for sweet words. Sweet words. I can promise you, you've, you'll marry the wrong person. Because you're so blinded by words, you can't watch his actions. And actions tell you whether there is love or not. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sick. I'm not, see that I'm not feeling well. I'm not well. I'm not well. Oh, what, do you, what do you need? So, I need uh, 2,000 to go to the hospital. You know he has 5,000. So, right now I don't have any money. When you marry you, you only are sick. You need a husband to take care of you. <laughs> Worse are those who say, let us pray. <laughs> they are the worst kind. <laughs> and you should hear you pray. Oh Lord, you said to me in your word, I will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Even, even headache, you haven't healed it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. So I believe that you can be used by God. Yes. But when you are now a lover of yourself, do you get it? All the missionaries who came to Africa, they were not men who loved their lives. I dare say that they hated their own lives. I mean, why would you want to come to a place where a bite from mosquito means the end of your life? Yet they came and when they died, they sent more who hated their own lives and they came to Africa. And we have a generation of self-indulging, self-craving Christians. That's why the gospel, I saw something the other day that shocked me. I saw like the timeline of the increase of those who are called Christians, Muslims, Buddhists, and I can tell you for sure that Islam is just a little behind catching up with Christianity. As we speak, they have an agenda. If you go to the UK, if you go to Europe, they've entered there use whatever situations exist in their countries and have entered Europe in a few years. Give Europe 15 to 20 years. It will be an Islamic place, yes. Because right now in the UK, one Muslim is marrying four women. Without the requirement that you will look after my children, you, you, when you are marrying, you're looking for a man who will look after your children. They have even brought their faith into marriage. So he's married four women and his is to give them children. You call this one Abdullah. 
she will take care of Abdullah. Who does Abdullah worship? Allah. So they are marrying four, 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 four. Give them 15 to 20 years. You will go to Europe and it is no more a place that even the gospel came from. And we have Christians that sit in church with self-agenda. Me and me. My wife, my children, and my housemaid. I've even added too much. Myself, my husband, my children. We, the people Jesus is saving, that is the far we can think. Me, my wife, and my children. Me, my husband, and my children. That's the far we, so we have become lovers of ourselves. Anyway, that's not where I am. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemous. Today, you hear the m- m- most blasphemous things in this generation. More than any generation. Disobedient to parents. I can stop there. I said I can stop there. Disobedient to parents. I can stop there. Some of you, when your mother says five, you say 20. Huh? Yeah, like how Wendy was behaving. Disobedient to parents. Go and cook. Your uncle is as good as your father. Go and cook. You are counting the years your uncle stayed in your house. Disobedient to parents. Are you listening to me? Yes. And then he says, unthankful. Unthankful. Can you see that? Then he says, unholy. I want to show you the 18 things that he said. Verse 3. Then we'll come back and you underline the unthankful. Then he says, without natural affection. Do you understand? Without natural what? What is natural? Natural is the original order of things. So, God has made it that as a man, I must love a woman. Do you understand? Why am I behind the house with a chicken? You see, there are some noises, they must be investigated. If you hear the goat, mama, 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 don't just think the goat is bleeding. Rush there, you'll be surprised. Somebody is behind the goat. I saw a video that almost made me never to eat meat of the headers, the headers of the cattle, you know, making love to the cattle. Yes. It's a video from a certain country. Yes, not far from the country I come from. Yes. 
and the guy was behind the cow. Imagine that the meat that is going to be served on the table has received enough spermatozoa. That's somebody with a natural affection. Yes. The natural order of things is a girl should like a boy. Do you understand? What are you doing lying there with cucumber? Now you love cucumber more than anything. When we come to your house, there is constant cucumber. Not because you like vegetables and eating vegetables, but they have a purpose in your life. One man went to his kitchen and he saw cucumber. So he decided to eat the cucumber. When he was taking the... What is this? I, it smells like something I know. <laughs> so he called the wife. When the wife saw him with the cucumber and smelly, she knew, hey, I'm a Patikana Mimi. She grabbed the cucumber quickly and said, don't eat this one. I'll give you another one. <laughs> I'll give you another one. Yes. Now your love is into cucumber. It is that is somebody without natural affection. <laughs> you understand? And in our days, we have so many human beings without natural affection. One man has collected sexual dolls. You know, Samantha's, about how many Samantha's? In fact, even upgraded versions. He says, ever since he got Samantha, he's had peace of mind. You see, women, stop giving men wahala. Useless problems. Because he can slap Samantha. Samantha doesn't slap him back. You know? He can insult Samantha. Samantha doesn't react. So he has collected several and different sex dolls. And then you see him dressing them, changing the wig to suit the mood he is in for the day. Now that's somebody without natural affection. Are you listening to me? Yes. God says, as a boy, like a girl, then you say, no. Apple was honey. Mali. Asali. Asali. Apple. Akuna Asali. So you now see a boy. And he's in love with another boy without natural 
affection. A woman can walk in front of him and she does this. You know, see. And then one boy with chapati will come and do. You are looking at somebody without natural affection. Malisafi. That's the world we live in. And you see, Paul said, this is what will characterize the last days. The love between a mother and a son is not sexual. One woman married her own son. Oh, yes. And that's not natural affection. That's somebody without natural affection. Oh, you're going to see it. You're going to see it. And it will be shamelessly displayed. Um, is he a magistrate married a crocodile? Yeah, I think he's a magistrate. He married a crocodile. Yes. Wedding. 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 Yes. Yes. Married a crocodile. <laughs> Without natural affection. One woman married herself. Yes, she married herself. Is if we read the Bible and we pay attention to what is written in the Bible, you will see practically that we are in the end time. Yes. Without natural affection. Truth breakers. Nobody can enter an agreement with you without you breaking it. In fact, you don't keep your words. Anybody doing business with you is in trouble because you will be unfaithful to them in business. There is a certain tower a certain tower on Awins Kodek Road. Anytime I drive on Awins um, Kodek Road, I see that tower. It reminds me of greed. The young man who was to like do that project was in my church. And his other partner was also in the church. Two of them. And then an outside guy. I watch as each of them. I started praying over. The name of the tower is the name I started praying over. But because of greed, the project was taken from their hands because this one went behind the other. This one was going behind the other. Then the owner of the land became uncomfortable. What kind of people are these? 
Yes. I always see the name because I prayed for it at Arboretum for many months. I, I always see that tower. Some of you, nobody can have a gentleman's agreement with you. No, I'm sending you to the man. He's going to give you 20,000, all right? Mine is 5,000, okay? Oh, yeah, yeah. Once I say, you give me? Yeah, okay, all right. Then when you go and they bring the 20, you say, me who came, me who did the work, I should bring you. So, have you? No. He gave me just 5,000. Truth breakers. False accusers. Incontinent. Fears. Fears. In fact, let me stop on fears for some people's sake. You know, all ladies here who are fears, you are useless. Ah. Uh, you think that I went on a holiday to come back to be afraid of you? <laughs> Me, afraid of you. Fierce, violently hostile, or aggressive in temperament. You are standing in front of a man. You are useless. You are a woman, but you are useless. girls that when they are talking to men, they are shouting, they are abusive, they are insulting. You are a useless version of a woman. Uh, You think I'm afraid of you? And that's the girl a young man is going to marry. You haven't married her. Look at how fierce she is. There is a level of attraction on being feminine in your approach. It is luring. It is endearing. It is, it is, it is, it is captivating. Some of you sisters in this church, if you were the only woman left, I will not marry Listen, listen. You know, you may take for granted what I'm teaching. Yes, and you may not take to heart what I'm teaching you. But you see, the beginning of your woes in marriage begins with you ignoring what I'm teaching. Why are you shouting? Do, do you know that as a lady, when you are shouting, you look like a hippopotamus without tooth. You're too beautiful to be shouting. Can't you talk? I mean, can't you talk? Can't you talk without waving your hand? Almost putting your hand in a man's eyes and doing this and doing this and then and then. Young men, listen to me. 
One night she's fighting with you and she's doing that thing. Utadu, utadu. And you see, normally when they do that, their breast will go like this and the breast will go like this. Disappoint her and tell her, I don't like the way your breast moves up and down. shouting, you look like a hippopotamus. Fierce. I find unattractive girls who are always shouting at men. If you are my wife, I can never make love to you. I mean, imagine in the middle, then I remember how you were shouting. Watch I cry. girls that like shouting at men, pointing there. This is how you look. Next time we'll take a picture and show you. I'm going to teach this until some of you ladies begin to behave like ladies. If you see all these girls, nice sweet faces, you'll be surprised what they can do to men. It doesn't matter how tall the guy is. He, you see at the... You know, one of these days, God should give you an experience where you have a macho man with your small... I said, he just do... He'll, he'll just use the hand and press you down. you see that you'll be halfway in the ground. Then you start shouting, Hey! This idea, help me to come out. We just bury you halfway. He just put his hand on you like this. You go down. Mems. They call them mems, right? The mems of our days are actually a depiction of the society we live in. You see that they post two beds. One is very calm. Then you see one has opened the beak. They are telling you this is the women we have. Fierce. And every time they put two animals or birds together, the one with the mouth open is the female. I said the one with the mouth open. Then they capture it on camera. Is the female. And then the one that is quiet and looking away is the man. Eh? I shouldn't speak my mind. Yes, speak your mind, but do it with respect. Amy, when I get angry, I cannot control yourself. Don't marry. Because marriage comes with a lot of annoyance. Oh yeah. Comes with a lot of annoyance. You see how Wendy was talking? Imagine you marry her. Mm -hmm. If you see a photo like this, you don't need a prophet to tell you which is the female. You don't need a prophet. 
Yes. Buddha is just quiet and looking away. And he's being faced. He's being faced. At this point, she's telling me, you are even ignoring me. I'm talking to you and you are looking away. Do you have another one? Let, let, let me prove beyond reasonable doubt. The one with the mouth open always is the female. You just see the man is quiet. And another thing that annoys women is why can you, how can you be quiet in the midst of all this turmoil? Then it annoys them more. Say something. At least say something. Uh Mm -hmm. You will be surprised. That is the female. This is the correct one. This is the correct one. Again, Buddha is looking away. But look at the mouth of the woman. (laughs) Oh, yes. If you see all these pictures, the one with the mouth open is a female. Advise you to annoy your beloved before you marry her. Write it down. Apostle advises me to annoy my beloved before I marry her. Look, which seagull is female? The answer is right there. The one with the mouth open. That's the female. The female seagull. That's the one with the mouth open. Advise you to annoy your beloved before you marry her. Pastor, what do you mean? Another definition for fierce is marked by no extremely vexatious, disappointing or intense, furiously active. Who is furiously active there? Furiously active or determined, wild or menacing in appearance. My job is to teach you. What you do with the teaching, eh? It's up to you. You just had a small argument. In the midst of the argument, she's lifted her small, tiny hands and slapped you. And then the next thing, she was hugging you and kissing you. And then you have also forgotten. Gawo. You are going to marry a husband bitter. She's violent. When she's angry, she starts trembling. That's what you're going to live with for the rest of your life. When she's angry, she breaks five glasses. If she breaks four, there's still some vibration left until the fifth one.
I'm no bad expert, but I'm guessing four females and one male. The male is the one here. Yes, is the one here. Yes, very quiet. Among my dogs, when they are all together, the ones who make fight with each other are the females. Biting each other's neck. The females, the male will just be looking at me. He's like, bro, can you see what's happening? As the females are fighting to finish themselves, the male will come to you and say, bro, can you see what's happening? I say, yeah, bro, you, you are new. I've seen this all my life. (laughs) Fierce. Do you understand? That's why women who are fierce always destroys everything. You get a point now? Good. Go back to my scripture now. False accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. This is a series, so don't worry. If I've not talked about Thanksgiving battle. Traitors. Traitors. And then he says, heady. Heady. And I'm going to talk about the heady women. When we say somebody is heady, it means the person is very willful. I have decided this is what I'm going to do. And nothing changes that. Yes, the mind is made up. That's a very dangerous quality in a woman. A man can be very resolute and heady. But a woman that is heady is dangerous. And pastor is always talking about women in this church. That's why you still come. You get a point now. That's why you still come. And we must cure. You have more problems than boys. You see, as for boys, we have one or two problems. (laughs) Heady. If she says she's going to beat the maid, nothing you tell her will make her stop. One man was shocked to have gotten home in the middle of the night and somewhere in the course of the night he had commotions at his gate. So he just took his shirt, put over his shoulders and went outside. Who does he see? He sees, I think, his housemaid outside the gate with um, people who were driving by deep into the night. 
he had gone for business. On his return, his wife had sacked the maid. Not because he was doing anything with the maid. No. I know that some of you are, yeah, some of those men who have to, the wives have to sack them. We're not talking about that. No. The man came home and he asked, where is so 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 I have not seen her. Meanwhile, she had sacked the young lady and she had nowhere going. So in the middle of the night, she came to the gate, a familiar place. Do you understand? And the man was thanking the strangers profusely. The strangers were angry. They wanted the man to bring the wife so they can woo her. What kind of a woman does that? To somebody's daughter. And I think even the maid was a relative of theirs. Yes. Heady. Rash. That's another meaning for, for heady. Rash. Are you here? Or you've gone home? Violent. Impetuous. Amen. So in the last days, we'll see a lot of heady people. High-minded. High-minded. You're not in my class. (laughs) You're not in my class. (laughs) You are not exposed enough. Oh, yeah. You know, sometimes when people talk about class, it's so funny. Because a few years ago, you were also just a village girl. Grace smiled on you. If you don't believe me, let's go and take your photos. Today, you are talking about class. When you showed up in Nairobi, you were wearing skirts made from, is it Gunia bags? That bag, how do they call it? Gunia. Yes. Straight from the village. Today, because you can buy skirt that is hanging on a hanger, you're talking about class. A lot of people who are obsessed with that class sentiment are themselves classless. Class doesn't talk. Yeah. Class doesn't talk. Class doesn't scream class. Are you aware that it was only three months ago you learned how to put makeup? Grace. Whenever you put makeup, you look like a masquerade. Now you can polish up. So you're talking about class. 
There are some people in church, if you ask them to sit by somebody, they wouldn't want to sit by the person. Let's not be high-minded. Are you listening to me? Yes. In your life, you will learn to relate to those above you. You will learn to relate to those on your level. And you will learn to relate to those under you. Yes. Yes. Careful. Lovers of pleasures. More than lovers of God. They are in the church. Yeah, they are listening to my message. Lovers of pleasure. More than lovers of God. So God, you see, the apostle puts loving God side by side with pleasure. Which will you choose? Many people choose pleasure. And then we have prayer meeting in the church. I cannot miss that. They choose pleasure. I said they choose pleasure. Today in our world, if you choose loving God more than pleasure, they tell you you don't have a life. They tell you you are fanatical. They tell you get a life. What they are saying is go and indulge in pleasure. One, is it a lot of people think that the devil is the greatest destroyer of lives. I'm your pastor. I will tell you, pleasure is the greatest destroyer of destinies. Pleasure. Anytime they want to destroy the children of God, they uphold pleasure and then they downplay the loving of God. Any generation, because when it comes to loving God, pleasure is not in the equation. A society where a girl is not having sex, it is the mother and the father who arrange for him or for her to have sex. Having seen you with any girl, are you normal? A society where girls are encouraged to go for pleasure. To go for pleasure. So in the end time, you will see more people who love pleasure. Wherever there is party, some of you are there. Unless you don't hear there's an all-white party. Kilelesho, all white party, Langata, all white party, Westlands, you are there. Party after party after party after party. As for coming to church after church after church. Some of you, when you live here today, we'll see you again next Sunday. Between today and next Sunday, you'd have attended three parties. Lovers of pleasures. In ancient Rome and ancient Greek, Greece, 
the men only indulge in two or three things. In Greece, they indulge in debate and exchange of knowledge and sex and food. Wherever there is sex, there is food. Do you understand? In Rome, the pleasure of the day was food and sex. That's why if you watch, um, I don't know what you learn when you watch sad things like Gladiator. That's an epitomizing of the ancient world where they only loved one or two things, pleasure and food. That's it. The pleasure of sex and food. They party, they incline. You can see a group of people inclining, eating berries, and next minute they are into orgies. It didn't start from you. It started Kitambo. That's why those of you who have indulged in threesomes, you are no different from animals. Uh, What do you want me to say? Are you listening to me? Become a lover of God. I didn't hear your amen. Amen. Verse 5. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. When you see that they have a form of godliness, they look like Christians. They talk like Christians, but they deny the power of Christianity. The power of Christianity is everything that is against all the 18 things that are listed there. Yes. They deny it. You see a Christian who doesn't believe in loving God above pleasure. The person has a form of the godliness, but they are denying the power because what empowers your Christianity is not pleasure. Says when you see a group of people like that, turn away from such. Hmm. Are you here? So, one of the things we're lacking, I'm going to round up on this note. Next week I'll go deeper. This is leading me to the convention, all right? Yeah. So, go back to the unthankful, underline it or color it or whatever we do here. Uh-huh. Capital, colored plus underlined. <laughs> Capital, colored and underlined for emphasis. <laughs> Is he also bold? Bold, yes, it's bold. So, colored capitals, underline and bolded <laughs> for emphasis. Yes. Mercy. You see, what I'm teaching you on how can I say thanks for many of you here, once you become thankful, you will not struggle to have miracles in your life. I'm going to say what I'm saying again. 
You may think, oh, the pastor is touching that because he thinks we don't appreciate him. Uh, I, I'm not here looking for appreciation, man. Yeah. But what I'm teaching is so spiritual that the moment you are a Christian and you become thankful, you will begin not to struggle for miracles. Yes. That's why all over the world, one of the things that is taught children is to say thank you. I mean, of all things that you can be taught when you are young, one of the things, your mother will always tell you, say thank you. Your father will always tell you, say thank you. Why is it important to say thanks? It's because if your mother was standing there with your auntie, watch this, and your auntie gave you a pen, or bought you a set of books and you just received the books and you walked away. Your mother knows that for your lack of thankfulness, you will never receive anything from your auntie again. Some of us, it's not that there is no anointing in the church. The last miracle you got, you never even said thank you. That's going to be hot. I said, your mother knows that. When your auntie gave you the books, you just said, yeah, auntie, you brought it, eh? Okay, yeah. And then you took the books and you went to the room. You see, I expect my children to thank my brother for anything he does for them. I listen to me. Your mother knows that once you receive this thing and you don't say thanks, you have closed the door of favor from that particular source. So you see a mother say, hey, tell your uncle thank you. Hey, say, uncle, thank you. You are being taught from infancy. Some of you, what you did with that teaching is why we have to teach how can I say thanks now. So in many places, one of the foremost things you are taught is to say thank you. When a teacher walks into a class and says, children, how are you? They have a way they repeat. They all say, we are, how do they say, where is teacher? How do they say, we are what? Watch, we are fine. We are fine. Thank you, teacher. We are fine. Do you understand? Thank you, teacher. We are fine. Thank you, teacher. That's why when I asked Juliet, Juliet, how are you? She's supposed to say, Apostle, I'm fine. Thank you. Some of you, when they ask you, how are you? You say, yeah, Nikopoa. Then the next time you are expecting the person to ask you again, how are you, VP? Yeah, this teaching is important. You see, the moment she says, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm very fine. Thank you, Apostle. She's shown what is called courtesy. 
Many of us have been Christians for many years without courtesy towards God. That's why I'm teaching what I'm teaching. Without courtesy towards God. You woke up from your bed today. You didn't say thank you Jesus for another day. You got up. Anyway, you don't pray at dawn anymore on Sundays. You got up. You showered. It was by your might. It was by your power. Tomorrow, you are expecting the God you didn't say thank you to to wake you up again. So right from the beginning, I, I have, I have, I don't know, I have a certain interest in courtesy. I look out for some things. I look out for some things. I, I don't know why, but I watch out. It, it's as though it shows me that you're dealing with a grateful soul. So from the way, some of you, you were never taught. You, you understand? You, you were never taught. Or whatever the teacher was doing. How are you children? We are fine. Thank you. You, you always said, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. Children are taught. When somebody stretches their hand to give you something... You say thank you, even before you know what is in the hands. You say thank you. You say thank you. My mother, God bless her soul, after beating me, expected me to come and say thank you. If my mother beat you the night before, at 4 a.m., she taught me and my brother, who was not beaten, I was beaten, but he must come with me. We will kneel by her bed to say thank you for last night. No, 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 no. If you are a man, don't do it. No, you try. That she has beaten you. You see, she wants to know that you appreciate the discipline. I cannot remember a single time my mother beat me and the next day at dawn, I was not kneeling by her bed. First of all, to apologize again. I thought the beating took care of the apology. No. It didn't cancel it out. So now, I have to first come and say thank you no, apologize and then thank you for beating me. If you are a man, just don't do it. What you are saying is that we have not finished the fight. We have not finished. Some of you children here, in case you have not been taught what I'm teaching, take what I'm teaching to heart. Don't, at your age... There is no blessing in being proud. I said, I'm teaching children. I said, there is no fortune. There is no... Where is he? Hey. <laughs> I'm looking for him here and he's there. There is no need to be proud. Your mother disciplines you 
You go and the next day you say, Mama, thank you for yesterday. For what? Oh, for beating me. Yes. Apostle, what are you saying? The one who disciplines you is the one who loves you. So you may think you are thanking your mother for beating you. No, you're thanking her for her love. That is why if you hate correction, you hate chastening, you grow up to be somebody who doesn't appreciate anything. And even when love is staring you in the face, you cannot see love. Many of us know how to stretch our hand. I wish I could teach this in Swahili. Like right now, my Swahili should just flow. You know, you know how to use your hand and grab. How do I say that? You grab. Nyakwa. You know, you are an expert in nyakwa. But after you nyakwa, grab, grab. To say thank you is beneath you. When we come to God, that's what we do to God. We nyakwa God. Where are the blessings? Me Then to even listen, one young lady wanted to travel to America badly. Is it to go to America? Some people are favored. They will just go and they go. Some people is a warfare. Yeah, you either fall in this category. Or the other. Some people don't struggle. Yes. You know, sometimes when I see people going to America or wanting to go to America or wanting to go to Britain, I wonder. Do you know why I wonder? The first time I was bounced visa, it removed the love of going to those places. Have you been bounced visa? Forget broken heart. Yes. I was a student. And they told me I didn't qualify to go to their country to work. Or I was going to, for, in Ghana, when you're in a university, you can go for holidays in the UK and work to come back and pay your fees. We have that arrangement. So a lot of students go for the holidays. They work and work and they return. And we have, so I also wanted to go. They looked at me and they told me, go and sit down. You fall in these two categories. Somebody goes. In fact, they, they, they themselves are surprised they were given the visa. Yes. And then somebody goes, it's, it's a warfare. You fall in these categories. What was I saying when I came to visa? Yes. So this lady came to the church. For many years, Elvina knows the lady. For many years. Whenever they sent her the letter for the embassy, the letter will get missing for many years. She will never get the documents to take to the embassy for many Even when they take it to the embassy direct, the letter never arrives there. And then she came, those times, were in prayer. Da, 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 da. Prayer, 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 prayer. And then she got the document, the invitation, everything. She had been trying for many years, almost 10 years. She had a sister over there. 
Then she became serious with church. Prayer, she would come. And then she was in church and got her green card to go to America. Then she told me, Apostle, I've gotten the green card and I'm going to America. So I don't know whether it was me or one of my pastors said, come and give testimony. She said, I am shy and I'm afraid of people. Ah, you are shy. When we were publicly prophesying to you and breaking, you were not shy. Now God has done it and to say, to return back and say, thank you Lord for you have honored your word. She says, I am afraid of, I'm shy of people. It doesn't end there. When she was leaving Kenya, she was in the Elulo plane when she called me, I'm going. There are some of you here, you can be in church looking for breakthrough. When the breakthrough comes, your pastor only gets to know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to America. Then when you, are, when you now get to America, you say, oh, pastor, I'm now in America. Yes. To show thankfulness is hard. For many of us. You see, those of you who make the church looks like we have gathered witches and wizards. You are the witch. And you know, if you go and, if I go and stand on the church and I tell them that I'm going to America, the witches in the church, they will go ahead of me and stop my program. Now, wait. Who will not know that you are in America? When you are in America. One young lady in Nigeria, she thought that she was running away from the witches in her family. She got visa. She got everything. She sat in the plane. She traveled all the way to America. When she woke up, she woke up in her bed. She woke up in her bed. There's a story I want to tell you, but I'll tell you in the next teaching. (laughs) One of those dodgy people. So, she didn't want the family members to know that she was going to travel to UK or America. So she was hiding from the aunties and everybody. Yes. So she was planning to go without anybody knowing. Then I don't know if it's the mother or the auntie called him and said, come. He came, so he went under the bed and removed a pot. And then opened the pot 
and showed her her brother who was in another country. And so, this is the one who is far away. He's in the port. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying to you? No, you see, she was trying to say, when I go far away, the, womb, the witches won't find me. And so, the one who is even far away is here. He's, under, he's in the port. And she could see. What I'm trying to say to you is that who are you without the power of God? Many of you, the last miracle you received was the one you were quiet about. The one you didn't say to God, thank you. That was the last miracle you ever got. And that's why this teaching, you may think is about the pastor teaching, oh, we should be saying thank you, thank you. No, it also accounts for why we have so many people not receiving breakthroughs. And we'll get into that. You'll see what thanksgiving or being thankful does in the life of a believer. How can I say thanks? And God is saying, be ye thankful. Don't fall in the generation of the unthankful. Some of you women, every day you wake up, you must even tell your husband, thank you for marrying me. Huh, huh. I didn't see any sign of approval. You are in that house insulting the young man who put food in your stomach instead of saying thank you that you have even brought me to your home. You are harassing the life out of him. I said, oh man, this is going to be hot. If you like, don't come next Sunday. man that goes out he sweats and buys unga without his unga you'll be hungry like a bed hungry instead of saying thank you you are busy harassing his life as a wife you should thank your husband for marrying you eh, apostle what do you mean you see when you are not married you are a very miserable person Now the rains have started. Some of you are trying to remember your fornicating partners. You should be able to, you look at and say, thank you for choosing me. Because if you don't know, the ratio of women to men is more. Do you understand? Yes. That is why if a man makes a choice of you, you don't joke with that choice. Look at you today. You have some respect because of a husband. When somebody wants to talk to you, they are careful how they talk to you. Why? Because you too, you have an owner. And instead of being thankful... You are rather, you know, arrogant in the marriage. When your husband makes love to you, and that day the love was excellent, you think, you say, thank you, sweetheart. 
And maybe that day you, you climaxed. Do you understand? Yes. That day you had orgasm. Yes. Orgasm, orgasm, orgasm is a very rare gift women get. Some women live and die without knowing what it is. And that day, the man performed his job. He ate njugu. And he did his job excellently. You should turn to him and say, wow, thank you. Thank you. There are many reasons I can give you as to why a wife should thank the husband after sex. I can give you many reasons. Yes. Off the top of my head, one, 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 of, one of the, off the top of my head reason why you should thank your husband is the fact that erections don't come easily. Pastor, pastor, pastor. You see what you are saying? A man who is looking for house rent, a man who is looking for money to pay water bill, a man who is looking for steamer, money to pay for steamer, looking for school fees, you think erection will come easily? We have a culture of belittling men and the contribution of men in your lives as women. And I'm teaching you that the reverse should rather be the case. You should look at that man who pays your son's school fees and say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Eliana agrees with me. Thank you. Thank you. Some of you girls here, I know, listen, I know, listen, I know. In our church, we don't approve, come, we stay. Right? We don't approve. But some of you girls, you have a roof over your head because of one foolish boy who is not listening to my teaching. At least say thank you. (laughs) By now, you'll be sleeping under a bridge in Nairobi. If not for my foolish church member. <laughs> a boy says, I will block apostles' message and I'll give you a roof over and you are still arrogant. The day he comes and tells me, he, him and me will come and throw your things out of the house and will replace you with a more thankful girl. A more thankful girl who will see you, the boy coming, and will be in the back corner, and she's even waving. The, the area people will be wondering, what's happening? And then by the time he reaches the gate, the thankful sister is right at the gate. Nonsense. You continue arguing in that house.
<laughs> Rise up on your feet. Next week, we'll go into the power of being thankful. Yes, there's power in being thankful. Yes, this is an introduction. Yes. And if he doesn't marry me, there are other men that will marry me. It's a lie. Look around you. There are sisters more beautiful than you who have not been chosen. It's just that the young men in the church, they don't listen to me. If the young men listen to me, ah, she's been foolish in a relationship. You come and tell me like a real father. Not, I'm not looking for the kind who come. And then when I give my advice, you go and say, hmm. you see, apostle has told me to get rid of you. Yeah. I'm, I'm not looking for those. I'm looking for the kind that says, that apostle come with me and dissolve the relationship. Yes. Then I bring my powers. Yes. You see that all the girls in the church will be straight. Yes. If you don't behave, apostle will come and remove you. And you put somebody better there. Yes. 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 A better than you. Let me talk to all sisters before I close. All sisters with Pekina Bolos who have not been married. You only happen to have a Pekin. You know Pekin. And because of that, you have a presence in a man's life. Behave yourselves. I'm talking to those ones. Listen, the fact that you have my baby is not a guarantee for me to marry you. So behave yourself. eh, When when you get home, look at that man and say, thank you, Buana. Apostle, what are you talking about? It is not. It is not. What does your child need? School fees. Food. In fact, you shouldn't pay house rent for any girl you have impregnated. You see the boys are looking at me now. I said you shouldn't pay house rent for any girl you have impregnated. Brothers, are you listening? Apostle, what do you mean? Yes. If you didn't have my child, where would you be sleeping? When did my sperm give you a human being become a roof? So if you were single, where would you sleep? So if somebody is paying your rent, be humble and be thankful. 
It's hot in here, right? Food. School fees. School uniforms. Everything to do with the child is my duty. You say, how about where I will sleep? Okay, give me the child then. I have a place to sleep. Go and look for your place. No man should endure this bedding with your nasty attitude on top of it. And I've said it as your pastor. You see, they are trying to end the message. This one, they are trying to end the message. I will teach until one of the things young men look for before they marry some of you is your humility. Your humility. Lift up your two hands. Even as we start this series, I want you to pray that, Lord, give me a thankful heart. I want to have a thankful spirit. I want to walk in thankfulness. Lift your voice and pray for yourself. Pray for yourself, pray for yourself. I want to be thankful, Lord. Give me a thankful spirit. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. Oh yes, I want to be thankful. I want to have a thankful spirit. My God, my God, my God. Child of God, pray for it. Pray for a thankful heart. A heart that is always full of thanks. A heart that is appreciative. Oh, yes, Lord. We pray for a thankful heart, oh God. Give us a thankful spirit. Lord, we want to be a church that is thankful. A people that walks in the spirit of thankfulness. Give it to us, oh God. We crave for this. For so long we have been ungrateful and we have been unthankful. But Lord, we pray for the heart of thankfulness, the spirit of thankfulness, to walk in the spirit of thankfulness. This is our desire, oh God, to be thankful, to be able to appreciate all that you do in our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, let the spirit of thankfulness come into us. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, raise in this church a thankful people, a thankful generation, a people that do not take for granted the things you do in our lives. Instead of memory and complaining, we want to be thankful and we want to be grateful to you, O Lord, all the days of our lives. Grant us the spirit that says thanks in all situations. Thank you, Lord, that you're raising a people, you're raising a church that is thankful and you're pouring the spirit of thankfulness in our hearts. 
in Jesus mighty name Amen Amen We have no doubt that you have received a blessing from the word of God preached by Apostle Raymond Tamaklaw Do join either of our services at Love Springs International Church Headquarters this and every Sunday at 9 a.m. Connect with Apostle Raymond Tamaklaw on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. God richly bless you and lead you in a series of victories.